Today, I'm very excited to host Britton Burton, who is a cybersecurity and risk management expert with over a decade of dedicated experience within designing and leading security programs, as well as teams across the healthcare domain. He has held multiple senior leadership roles within cybersecurity at a Fortune 100 healthcare corporation, where the lines of business touch nearly every aspect of the modern healthcare ecosystem. Britain's multifaceted roles have encompassed such critical areas as risk management, executive communication and relationship building, governance, third-party risk management, incident response, disaster recovery planning, and policy and procedure management. Throughout his various roles, the central focus of his career has constantly been on developing and implementing practical risk management frameworks to help his stakeholders as well as their customers to make sense of the day-to-day chaos that can sometimes be cybersecurity. Now, Britton applies his passion for practical solutions at Coral Technologies, where he's the Senior Director of Product Strategy and is responsible for a methodology that is revolutionizing TPRM from a contract roadblock to a contract enabler. We talk a lot about this in detail today, but also his incredible podcast called CyberFix. Britton, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Rebecca. Really good to be here. Likewise. I love it when uh, I first reached out to you. I didn't realize that we're currently neighbors, basically. So it's really fun to be here speaking to folks in the Nashville healthcare community again and hearing about the cool work you're doing through Coral. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. I think I was uh, remoting from a from a coffee shop and we found out, oh, we could have just met at the same coffee shop. <laughs> so that's yeah. funny to find that out. Small world. I love it. Yeah, that's how it is when you're a little bit nomadic like I, I like to be, but we've had similar <laughs> career paths, funny enough too, but hadn't met until we started talking about this collaboration here. But you started out at HCA. My first job ever was HCA. And now you've evolved into this incredible entrepreneurial journey. Tell us a little bit about that journey and that experience from corporate America, especially, I mean, the number one employer in Tennessee to now the impact you're making through Coral. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had the kind of traditional grow up through the security ranks as, as a lot of folks have uh, spent about 10 years at HCA, kind of working my way up different uh, levels of the organization, different areas of the country that the organization is in. And after after about the, the fourth year and, and the, the previous role I held there, which was the head of uh, cybersecurity risk management internally for, for HCA as an enterprise, I really, I, I worked with a ton of, of really smart people all across the organization, especially in the cyber space, obviously, who had all these amazing tools and technologies that automated things and that gave them intelligence and that, you know, did all these really cool things. And then in the risk space, I was like, why do I have such old school clunky tools? Why are some of the GRCs that exist that are just not real user-friendly and difficult to manage and of course spreadsheets everywhere and like how how have we not innovated in the risk space to give the same kind of cool tooling that you know our our, our SOC has and, and our, our security engineering team has and so I, I just kind of became interested in like you know I, I think I can I think I could go to to the per service provider side of the world and and be a voice who understands what people like me want, what we need, how, how easy we want solutions to be and actually use data and, and automation and dashboarding to, to create a picture of risk that is, is mostly very difficult to do and very kind of unique to the organization you're in and dependent on manual processes and human analysis. Um, and just started looking for roles that would allow me to be involved in, in product, uh, involved with 
you know, talking to customers who were like me or solving the same problems as me, understand the the pain. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, that, that led to looking around and, and, and having an opportunity here at, at Coral where we're, we're building uh, a SaaS platform for TPRM and uh, kind of a, an evolved methodology on, on how to think about third-party risk management and, 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 and deal with it. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so that was really it for me is just, I think I can solve problems for an industry as a whole instead of just a single company. And, and that's so far, that's what I'm trying to do. Very cool. Yeah, you're the personality too that the buyer at HCA that's now in their role wants to buy from as well because you've lived it, you've experienced it, you had 10 years really deep, you know, involved in the details day to day and realizing the gap and going, hey, I can go solve this gap. And a lot of companies do this, especially from HCA, go solve the gap and then HCA buys you and you end up back in. Not saying that that's going to be your future, but you never know. Uh, but it's really interesting as we've talked about Coral and the SaaS you're providing that it came out of a service experience and you were working in a service capacity, offering you know consulting and assessments to organizations and then realized there's an ability to scale here by using IP and using product. Where did that all come together for you? Is it a specific customer interaction? Was it multiple customer interactions or even pulling back from your day-to-day experiences at HCA? Yeah, so I, I think it was more multiple customer interactions. So there, there's two sister companies, Metatology, that's a uh, more traditional risk services, you know, SRA, uh, qualified assessor type work, you know, pen test, th- those kinds of things, right? And that was really the, our, our founder started that knowing specifically in the healthcare industry, there was a need for, for those kinds of services and that, that sort of expertise and, and knowledge base. And I, I think basically every customer they encountered 12, 13 years ago when they, when they started this, they kept having a, a risk finding of you have a lot of suppliers, vendors, you know, partners who are doing service providers for you that are touching your data, touching your network. There is risk there and, and you need to do something about it. But remember, this is this 12, 13, 14 years ago. TPRM, like that acronym didn't exist yet. The concept of third party risk was very, I'm not even sure it was fully understood or or it certainly wasn't an industry buzzword and certainly wasn't like now it's basically the number one thing that everyone thinks about is how that risk scope has expanded and how you're so dependent on your service providers and suppliers and vendors um and so they kept it it kept coming up as a finding and people either were like i don't even really know what you're talking about or yeah we're aware we have a ton of service providers that that are touching our data that that we are dependent on there's so many, I don't even know like how to, where to begin. And so that was actually the birthplace of Coral Technologies uh, as basically really the history of Coral as a managed service provider. Yeah, I feel like in the old days, you knew about it when a company was on the front page of the paper for a breach or an issue that likely came from a third party interaction. And then it was like, oh, yeah. Well, you probably should be thinking about that. Well, unfortunately for that group, it's too late. And other folks then are being super reactive in it versus proactive. And now I feel like we've gotten to a good place where there's a lot more proactive approaches. However, it is very manual. I've been in some of these myself as I'm looking to serve customers where it's a spreadsheet that they want me to answer how we handle our process and procedures around X, Y, Z. So when you're getting into a conversation with primarily a healthcare organization around this process. 
where do you typically advise them as the starting point for introducing coral into their workflow and their processes? Sure. It, it really starts with just figuring out where that healthcare organization is in their maturity journey around TPRM. Um, there are still plenty of organizations who are doing the spreadsheet thing. Uh, and, and, you know, honestly, like the, the, again, the history of this problem, it, it, as much as it's frustrating now for anyone who has to deal with it, it kind of makes sense because if you go back 10 years ago and like, uh, no, no one really knows that TPRM is, is a problem. No one has their arms around how much of a scale problem it is. And so, well, we need to, we need to know that our suppliers are doing certain things from a control, a security standpoint that we're comfortable with. Well, we have a bunch of control standards written for ourselves internally. So let's just turn those into questions and send them to that supplier. And, you know, now we'll know. The problem is everyone did some version of that. So as that sales team, as that product manufacturer is trying to close a deal, they're responding to these individual questionnaires and spreadsheets for every single different set of control standards that they're, you know, kind of facing from their, from their customer base. And so that's kind of how we got into this mess. And, and so much of the innovation has been about how do you make it easier and quicker to answer questions? And that's in our mind, not really where we should go. However, back to your original question, it depends on where that healthcare organization is in their journey. If they are at the point of like, we know it's a problem. We've never really had a process or a team around it. We don't even know when our business intakes a new solution. You know, then, then you have to start with, okay, maybe the simplest starting point is there are some basics you can ask about. There are some considerations you have to understand between validation and unvalidation, meaning you mentioned that I can just kind of check the box and I'm good to go. That's a huge problem with the TPRM industry now. We spend hours, months, weeks, you know, trying to get these control questionnaires answered. Uh, and really, at the end of the day, are they even worth anything? But there is still... If, if they're not validated, I should say, but there is still potentially a space in the market for some level of unvalidated assessment because of where you are in your journey, uh, the, the capacity you have to wait on validated potentially or to consume validated results. Um, but ultimately, really what we want to get people to is this evolved model uh, that we call Coral Cleared that's much more about um, validated results. But relying on assurances instead of your internal team or even coral resources handling 300, 400, 500 question questionnaires about individual controls. It's talking to even, even in the immature organizations, uh, but certainly the mature organizations who have tried the control-based route for years and have started to realize or have fully realized I, I, we just can't scale. There is no way to scale these 400 questions, whether it's in a cool tech platform or in a spreadsheet to the, on average, a hospital has 1,300 uh, vendors or suppliers that they work with. That's at a hospital. So if you take large hospital systems, it's, it's orders of magnitude higher. Uh, it's tens of thousands in the larger ones. They realize they, don't, they can't handle the scale problem. And so for them, it's, hey, the, the, the supplier community that is out doing the right things and, and, and has a responsible security program is probably meeting certain markers that are strong enough indicators to you that you don't have to ask all those questions. And it's pretty simple stuff. It's things like, are they going out and getting um, key certifications like high trusts and SOC 2s and ISOs and Fed ramps and CSA stars? These and, and there are plenty of debates about how thorough some of those are versus other options. And, you know, just because you have a SOC 2 doesn't mean you'll never be breached. 
I'm not going to argue that. that that stuff can still happen. But the amount of effort that goes into getting controls in place, measuring them for effectiveness, testing them, validating them through third party and independent um, assessors is way more than, as you mentioned, goes into just responding to that questionnaire to say, oh, yeah, we do that and just get it through. So you're through the sales process. If, yeah, they just really don't have the internal capacity and support they need to execute on that. Right. Yeah. Being a good partner involves solving the problem first and then yeah, exactly. more effectively doing that. That yes. just <laughs> saves everybody time and money. Uh, so on that front with Coral and your customers that have adopted it because they're in a more mature stage to be able to fully benefit from the mature product. Has it been primarily a timeline impact that they're seeing in going through this process? Or are there some other ways that they've been able to benefit that have them, you know, really screaming your praise and celebrating, you know, implementing Coral into their systems? Yeah. So timeline for sure. That that's, that's number one. The, the two others, the, the second is uh, just the, the release of resource constraints. And, and again, that's, that's whether you're using kind of the traditional questionnaire model or the, the Coral cleared model, but obviously just being able to offload because even with Coral cleared, there's, there's, we still have to keep up with was, was this vendor contacted? Are they responsive? Have they, have they provide, provided the artifacts relative to the pen test requirement? You know, uh, there's still just stuff that has to be kept up with. And obviously a platform and then a, a team on the Coral side that helps do that reduces those resource constraints. But then the third one that is, I think has always just been viewed as a pipe dream with traditional question control questionnaire based assessment of third parties is the ability to actually canvas your entire vendor population. Uh, there are some ways to do that through some of the scorecard type tools. And there's, you know, there are uh, levels of, of quality that, that is a constant debate in the, in the industry about kind of the external aspect of, of what you're viewing there. But you, we knew, we knew for sure with the control questionnaire based approach, 500 questions about all your controls that, that there's no way you can canvas your entire vendor population because it doesn't, it doesn't scale appropriately. But when you're only asking about, you know, 15, 20, depending on scope, um, higher level requirements like a cert, like a dedicated security leader, uh, like an SDLC process, it's, it's so much easier to, uh, to actually get the responses to actually turn that into, Hey, we can ask, we, we can, we can go about asking that collecting information on that to a much larger base because there's just, it's so much less resource intensive to both respond to and react to the responses from that supplier that that's responding. Well, and the cool aspect I see in this too, is that you're not giving a right or wrong answer. You're saying, here's what you need to know. Here's the data. What's your risk tolerance and what's going to make the best decision, even financially too, because I'm sure there's a cost difference between different groups who did the extra certification and folks who you know, have a different approach to how they secure their org. Um, so I love that it's not just like, here's what you need to do and almost becoming biased in some cases by ha having that approach. Instead, it's here you go for your profile. This could make sense, but there's a conversation further and there's still a business decision that can be made just using this data to then move forward with what's going to fit best for the company's goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a hundred percent right, and it's artifact based too, right? So it's not uh, it's not just taking 
that uh, that service provider's word for it. It's it's here. Here's the artifact they gave us. We we have uh, use a combination of AI and an audit team to actually check is this valid? Is it you know there are certain markers you look for in, in, in artifacts like that. And it is it it is truly obviously if we see something super concerning, you know, we would escalate that and or not escalate. I would say we raise that in the final risk assessment deliverable that that you get through through the portal. Uh, but for the most part, it's sort of a they have the artifact that shows they do this. Everything looks in order, or they don't, and that's it's it's about a level of transparency and understanding versus you know being the arbiter of every single control. Um, again, there are there are certifying organizations like I Trust, like the AICPA, that spend their entire existence trying to articulate and write rules around what it means to have a control in place. Let's let them be the arbiters of that. And as risk managers, let's just consume from them and 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 show either it's there or it's not, and and make a business decision off of that. How is it changing the supplier side and their experience? Are they sitting here going, "Oh, great, this company uses Coral," or are they like, "Oh, this is amazing. This is going to help me get what I need communicated and done, and I can, you know, really test well in this scenario in order to get yeah. a chance at you know bidding the business." Yeah, so it's it's a fascinating time in the evolution of our company um, because of that exact question. So honestly, I actually did two presentations last week at a conference, and I led them both off. It was about this new methodology, Coral Cleared. I led them both off, basically saying, "Hey, look, any of you in the room who have been on the the vendor, the supplier side, and received Coral questionnaires in the past, and you know, get a bunch of hands raised. I like, all right." I'm here to admit to you that we have been a part of the problem. <laughs> so again, I, I, I prefaced everything we talked about today with that history of like 12 years ago when Coral was founded. No one really knew what TPRM was. And so we all just took our individual control standards and put them into questionnaires. And we're like, here, respond to this. And so Coral figured out how to turn that into some process and make it easier and you know manage service, outsource it so you don't have to internally manage. But we also, well, we had, 40 different customers that, you know, early on now, now hundreds, right. Um, who are saying, well, these are the questions we want to ask. And they're, they're our customer. We're their service provider. So of course you're in the position of, okay, you want to ask that? We'll ask that. And so we were a perpetrator of sending out all these unique hundreds and hundreds of control questions to, to the, the vendor community. And, and in some cases they view us as, Hey, y'all are a part of the problem. So now when I get in front of people and I talk about Coral cleared. Let's talk about less uh, a set of key requirements instead of controls. It's like, uh, what are you talking about? I just got a questionnaire from you a year ago, uh, right? Um, and so we have to first of all admit that, like, look, we got here. Here's why we got here. Yes, we are a part of the problem, but here's why that is. It's not because we're like sadists who want to, you know, expose you to pain. It's because we were responding to the immaturity in the industry and and our customers' demands for I must know about these controls. And now we've had enough reps and experience at it to go, ah, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Like the scale is the number one problem in this industry. Everything we do needs to solve for scale. And so this concept of this Coral Clear methodology has been in kind of inside the walls of Coral for several years, but only in the last year have we actually decided it's time. Let's build the SaaS. Let's make this happen. Um, and so it's, it's first, we've got to, we've got to, you know, kind of put our hand up and say, Hey, the supplier community, we know, we understand, here's why. Here's our vision for the future. Here's how we're executing against it now. And then the real dynamic changer for the vendor side of the coin 
is uh, call it proactive coral clear. So what we've talked about so far is like instead of me sending, let's say, I, let's say I'm assessing you, your company, right? Instead of me sending you the 500 question questionnaire, uh, if you had never heard of me, never heard of coral, never heard of coral clear, right? Then I would send you this much, much shorter, still currently a questionnaire. And we're going to move past that too at some point, but uh, you know. Uh, 30 questions around these, this, this smaller set of artifacts. Do you have these things? Um, however, proactive side of Coral cleared for the vendor community is if vendors go, huh, wait, so you're telling me you have hundreds of customers and they're accepting Coral cleared, meaning they won't ask these control questions if I can demonstrate I have these artifacts. Can I actually build a profile for our company and for products we're selling that prove we have those artifacts that prove, you know, we just got a, a, a fed ramp for some cloud-based service that we have to sell to the federal government, but it has a healthcare use case. We, we uh, of course do routine pen test every major version release of our software. We do a routine pen test. We have a dedicated security leader in our org chart that demonstrates that we have IR plans and testing. Like I can prove that we have that. If I do that, can I create this profile and make it available in Coral? in the coral portal and any customer of yours that uh, you know comes across me in a contracting scenario and wants to assess me instead of assessing me they can just go take results for rebecca's company right and are they there oh they're cleared they're already cleared think of it as tsa pre-check for the tprm industry right give some evidence up front to prove you can be trusted and you don't have to take your belt and your shoes off at the airport and the line is a whole lot shorter and so we are actually shifting part of our business model to engaging the vendors proactively and saying, hey, you're, it's just as much pain for you. Like we've been focused on the client side because that's where we were born, but it's painful for all sides. And if you are willing to proactively get cleared, we can promise you that there are, there are customers who, who will not assess you because they will take that result. Well, and as you become more and more the industry standard, it will become the expectation. Like if you're not LinkedIn, the coral ecosystem, like you're not even gonna get a spot at the table. So um, I really love that you're at the forefront of this and, and building, I love it, the TSA pre of your industry. But as you think of the industry as a whole, and I know every year, you know, you're making these slight investments and advancements to, you know, solve problems at the speed of which it will be adopted by your users. But when you think five, 10 years down the road, what gets you really excited about areas in the industry that you feel like you can make a big impact and really change how people do business with each other and manage risk as a whole? Yeah, I think when you look down the road, so there, there's all these different solutions for third party and it, it's the, the, the cyber, um, cyber score type tools, the um, the uh, um, uh, tools that are more akin to us, uh, you know, ability to use a portal to send out questionnaires and so on. There's some some very interesting things with like holistic risk and 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 business um, uh, solvency and you know tentacles into what countries are you operating in and, and all sorts of things like that that maybe aren't directly cyber related but definitely have, I should say directly cyber um, indicative but are cyber related right. Um, and I think the future is going to be kind of a, I actually think this is going to happen in the cybersecurity industry as a whole. There's just so many tools for everything. And I think the more that, you know, uh, some of the, the, uh, private equity probably dries up with the rates the way they are now. And so on, I think there's going to be like a coalescing of cool concepts and tool sets. And TPRM has always kind of lagged behind 
in terms of it being ripe or being viewed as ripe for innovation, some of the other cybersecurity problems we deal with. You know, you always hear about like zero trust and um, all sorts of cool things with, um, you know, uh, um, automation and, and orchestration in like the incident response SOC space and lots of really cool cloud tooling for security, um, auto healing and, and things of that nature. TPRM has always just been viewed as like this. It's such a complex web of <laughs> craziness and you're so dependent on others because of it's, the, it's third party. It's not your own environment. Um, that it's lagged behind an in innovation. But I think what you're going to see is there's going to be this realization, number one, that like we're, we're, if we're not already there now, we're definitely getting there to a, to a point in the next few years. Like it almost, I don't even, even know if third party risk will be the term for it anymore. Cause like think in the modern business environment, the modern IT environment, what do you use on a daily basis that isn't third party, right? Everything is going to cloud. Uh, even stuff that's on prem is, somehow supported by that third party right or if not outright like managed even though it's on your prem by that third party so like the concept of what's well, it's third party risk it's completely separate from us it's just it's just part of the business everything we do in healthcare relies on a third party from a business standpoint and there's technology that supports that and enables that very interesting excited to see the future for sure and um Thinking to how you've been owning this industry for a while now, you also have a podcast that is supporting your niche and your market with CyberFix. Talk to us a little bit about your show and the inspiration behind it. Sure. Yeah. So uh, shout out to the original founder of it, Brian Selfridge, who's still on the Metatology sister company side uh, for us. He He did it for goodness, I think like five years now. Uh, and basically it was just a, uh, you know, a realization that, Hey, there's this podcast thing is probably gaining some traction. <laughs> right. And, um, there's a very niche, like we are as niche as you can be healthcare, cybersecurity, right? Like that's, that's all we cover. Um, and, and he started it as you know a couple of reasons, kind of the ability to one, it, it forces you to stay current. And I'm, I've, I've found that as I have taken it over from him, uh, about the end of 2022, uh, when you got to hit record, you know, uh, once a month, once every two weeks, whatever it is, and you're analyzing some topic, like <laughs> you better know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, but it also it made you stay current. It made the uh, the consultative side of which is the metatology side. You know, it's like a feeder to hey, we need to some new framework has come out. You know, some new law has been passed. We need to be able to account for that when we're helping our customers out. Um, and so it, it forces you to stay current. Works as that feeder, and then it also just creates opportunities of like hey, we we'd love to interview some some interesting thought leader who's working on a specific problem uh that's a connection that you it's a lot easier to make that connection as as a podcast host uh instead of a, you know in like a sales capacity um and so it's it's a really interesting way to just build your network well Britton, this has been so much fun and i just have one final question for you around principles and i'm curious what is the guiding principle that you've lived by to be successful in business yeah. So for me, that principle is transparency. Uh, that's what it was when I was on the industry side as a security leader. And I kind of wondered how it would play as I moved over to the service provider side. 
uh, I was a little nervous about it, but but I have learned that it, it plays well as long as you can be transparent uh, with you know the, the the customers you have, the prospects you're dealing with about look, this is our capability now, this is what we believe. Uh, I'd like to learn from you if you have a different perspective because I get smarter every time I, I speak with 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 someone like you, a CISO or, or whatever at an organization. Uh, but but here's what we're capable of now. Here's what we're thinking is on our roadmap for for down the line, and 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 we it's aligned or it's not. Um, I, I've learned that th that plays well um, within the both the customer service and the sales process, and have been have been pleasantly surprised on on that because that is kind of just a core tenet of how I live my life, and so it's it's pleasant it's it's nice to be able to have that as a core tenet of how you run business too.